What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 67. I'm Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing today? Pretty good. I, I recounted you my story of the week, which is very interesting. Um, I had a run-in with my union, and that's always fun. It's always fun to have a run-in with my union. Yes, that was definitely a very interesting, good off-air conversation. Yes. For for myself this week, Mitch, I either my wisdom teeth are coming in or I have the worst possible canker sore in the back of my mouth, and it is it's terrible. How old are you? You still have your your wisdom teeth? I'm 23. Okay, I guess that's possible. Yeah, that's fair. They say between 18 and 25. Yeah, usually, uh, but either that's happening or I don't know. Something's going on in my mouth and it hurts. That's all I can tell you. That's awful. Oh, are you anti dentite or pro dentite? What is anti dentite? Oh, it's just like, like from you, Seinfeld. Yeah, you don't like dentists. Oh, I haven't been to a dentist in five years, so this could possibly be part of that. <laughs> no, I, I laugh um, because I went through the same thing. Like, I have coverage through work. I've had coverage since I started in 2005, and I went to the dentist for the first time since I had that coverage, I'm going to say three years ago. Have you been back since? No, because they always want to come back like, oh, we'll, 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 we'll do some more stuff. We'll do this and we'll do that and we'll do this. We'll come back in six, come back in three. And it, it just keeps like escalating every time. So I guess you can say I'm a little anti-dentite, but I think it's anti that specific dentist where they, they, they just seem to be using me as a bank account. I feel I feel like maybe that's not the case, but like my teeth aren't that screwed up. Mitch doesn't like to be used basically <laughs> is what he's saying. <laughs> that's the ongoing theme this week for me. Yes, that's his ongoing theme. So... I think it's going to be pretty obvious what the episode is going to be, Mitch, because we've ran out of player numbers, unless you had a number 67. Yes, I do. Okay. Not a good one, Go but Sean Bentivoglio. I just liked why I don't want to say that name. He played one game for the Isles. When? I don't even remember. 2008, 2009. Okay, so not super long ago, about a decade ago. Yeah, about a decade ago. Uh, there was one more player as well that wore 67, Mike Kennedy in 1999. Oh, he played a lot. God, I don't remember him. He played, well, well, 
He played a lot, but not for the Isles. <laughs> he played one game for the Islanders in 98-99, but he had a total of uh, 145 NHL games. Uh, all of them, maybe not all of them, most of them with the Dallas Stars. He played 131 games with them, scored 51 points in four seasons. Okay. So, so there we go. Yeah. I was going to go with the homecoming edition. Mm, that's because <laughs> That's a lot better. For the first time since 2015, the New York Islanders will play a regular season game at Nassau Coliseum. And not only that, Mitch, you, yourself, and I will be there in attendance. Yes! I can't wait! <clears throat> this is amazing. I get to see an Islanders-Nassau Coliseum game. I've never seen that. I've never been able to experience it. I can't bleeping wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. And as we mentioned that we are doing a pregame tailgate, but now we have a little bit of a spin on it. We are dropping some major heat, some breaking news right here on the podcast. Mitch, why don't you hit him up with what you just found out? So we're going to tailgate alongside Yes Med Outfitters and Oyster Bay Brewing. Yes. Oh, two of my favorites. Yes, we are teaming up with them, too. We are planning on... Lot three that could potentially change. Yeah, so as we don't know what the situation is going to be. Anyone like. who's listening, just make sure to like if you're getting there before us, and maybe you won't. We're going to try to get there super early. Again, I've got nothing to do on Saturday, so it's basically wake up and walk there. Um, <laughs> and I'll try to like make myself look as big as possible, <laughs> save up as many spaces. Just lay down in four spots. <laughs> I'm only six feet tall, so with my arm, I need you, Matt. I need your like six eight frame or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm only six four. Okay, please. close enough. Um, yeah, so if you're listening, maybe like form a barrier around lot three, and then we could just kind of like pitch our tents in there. Hmm? There we go. So I, you have some info to read off. Why don't you do that? Because I don't, I don't have it. So, <laughs> um, so again, we're, we're going to be teaming up with Oyster Bay and Yes Men Outfitters. Amazing. Um, Oyster Bay is going to be bringing some barn rockers. Uh, obviously, Yes Men Outfitters is going to try to get some towels. Uh, as well as all the other amazing goods that they have. Uh, there'll be tents. We'll be there. Um, they want to make sure that everyone, if you're taking pictures, which you should, so that's like Instagram stuff, uh, Twitter stuff, use the hashtag barn beers. That's a great hashtag. That's a great hashtag. That is a great hashtag. Uh, and then bring some beers just in case, because we don't know how many, like Oyster Bay can't bring the entire brewery over, obviously. Um, but if you're going to be there, bring something for yourself. And if you can, then Oyster Bay will seemingly... Uh, hook you up with something. I'm not sure uh, to what extent. Uh, And then bring some snacks and bring some food, bring some good times. Yeah. And for us, we are still, I'm still going to have the grill. I mean, I got the grill. It's just (laughs) sitting in my basement. going to set it up probably tomorrow. Um, So I'll be bringing that. I'll be grilling some stuff, but uh, definitely if you want to help out and bring some meat that I could toss on there, you can, I'll have some stuff. But again, I have no idea how many people are going to end up showing up to this thing. So I'm not going to buy all of $500 worth of hot dogs and hamburgers. Have one for Clark and Bobby. Yeah, I think we're going to have to (laughs) set aside one for Clark and Bobby. Oh my God. (laughs) Because apparently, uh, who was it? Clark said that he wants to tailgate i don't know who's i don't remember who said it i just i think it was uh b comp who tweeted it out saying that they were interested in it yeah so we know you're listening because you have nothing better to do bobby nystrom and clark oh, they have way better if things you, to do that that's the running gag Mitch, oh come on you just went off on the running gag Whoops. we do this every episode <laughs> we always tell garth snow that he listens like come on <laughs> sorry i ruined it you did um 
So, again, we know you're listening. Come on out. Hang out with us. And to you, the listener, make sure to come hang out with us, Yesman Outfitters and Oyster Bay Brewing Company. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then we'll head on in and have some fun. And hopefully, Islanders get a win for us. Yeah. And, and Butch and Brendan, we know you guys tailgate. We know. We know. The tailgated out in Carolina. Come on by. Drop on by. Bring your MSG crew. Yeah. Imagine that. We can get on camera. That might be good. That'd be good for us. That'd be good for Yesman. That'd be good for Oyster Bay. Good all around. Good for everyone showing the support. Like, could you imagine the pictures on TV of just like a filled parking lot and that's what's getting on TV and broadcast over social media and not like, oh, there are not a lot of people in the stands. No, because they're all in the parking lot having a great ass time. That's what needs exactly. to be broadcast. I forgot this is Mitch's first tailgate oh, too. Yes, I know. I, I've again, I don't know what happens at tailgates. The only thing I've seen is people flying through flaming tables. <laughs> Hopefully, there's not a lot of that. Um, my advice to you is pace yourself because it's gonna be a long day. Oh, dude, I'm 34. Pacing myself is three beers in one night. Like I am. Yeah, I have to drive back to Canada the next day. I'm. My, my, I'm gonna pace myself hard. I'm gonna nurse anything I have to. Oh. You'll never see someone nurse something so hard. You'll think I'm a nurse. Okay. That's how bad that joke is. So while we're on the topic of the Coliseum, why don't we talk about that? We were going to save it towards the end and talk about how excited we are that they're coming back. But why don't we start with that? Because we talked about the tailgate and we mentioned that we're you know going to be hanging out before the game. What do you? So what is your overall thought? We know we're excited, but overall thought, thoughts on them coming home to the Coliseum? In two days or three days. I think it's perfect. Like the Barclays clearly isn't working. Um, they've renovated the uh, the Nassau Coliseum where it should it should accommodate at least temporarily an NHL arena or sorry, an NHL team. Um, it just makes sense. They never should have left. Like there's no reason that they should have gone to, to Brooklyn except for the fact that there was the necessity of there was nowhere else to play. Uh, and like that was the only place they could go. Uh, yeah. So I guess, yeah, like, I don't know what, what you expect. Like, there, there's no negative I, I can see. Why would, like, there's no, it's all positives. It's all good. What, what else could there be to say? No, yeah, the majority of the fan base is from Long Island. So the fact that they had to take the train in because the drive is just insane trying to get into Brooklyn and getting parking anywhere near the Barclays Center. I did it nice. last year and it was the worst thing ever. I don't understand how your streets work. It doesn't make any sense where I, I tried to get from Brooklyn to the South Hempstead Fire Department and it took me forever. And I, I figured it'd be one really long parkway and then I'd have to like weave through some some suburbia. No, no. You take one parkway, weave through suburbia, get to another parkway to then weave through suburbia. That was insane to me. That was That was ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, you probably had to get off somewhere in Queens and had to go back on or something like that. Probably, yeah. Um, so this is Mitch's. Not only we mentioned it's his first tailgate and first time at Nassau Coliseum. So I think it's my duty to fill you in for what to expect, Please. for the Coliseum. Yes, and I know you probably heard a lot of either like the cliches or just the stuff on Twitter that you've seen, but it's going to be like loud, like really loud. The the ceiling was built like super low, like not like the Barclay Center. Like the ceiling is right. Like I have the scars to prove it. So a little story time. <laughs> I think I've told this story. Before. I think so. But during game three of the 2015 series, I was there sitting in the last row. And when he who shall not be named scored the game winning goal in overtime, I jumped up 
and since I am tall, mm-hmm. my fists hit the ceiling Eesh. like hard. So I basically punched the asbestos-filled ceiling at National Coliseum, uh, and my wrists still hurt to this day on rainy days. <laughs> but that just gives you an idea for how low the ceiling actually is. And I know it's not a playoff game, but it was loud for the preseason the first time last year when I went. And it's going to be loud again on Saturday, too. I, I, I That's what I expect. I expect it to be loud. I expect, even though I'm sitting in like the 200 section, that it's essentially a 100 section. Well, maybe not a one. Yeah, essentially a 100 section where it feels like you're going to be right on top of the ice and you can see everything. Uh, I I can't again all I have is anecdotal or everyone else's anecdotes oh it's loud it's going to be voiceless it's going to be energetic it's going to be everything you want live hockey to be and more because it's not only just some random teams it's going to be the New York Islanders um, so it means that it's like it, it would be like going to the Ottawa, six, the Ottawa Senators here and be like oh the Corel Center was what, what it used to be called is great for, for atmosphere it's not it's, it's, it's awful but like it's going to mean even more because of the Islanders on top of this energy, this raw energy for the first regular season game, a game that means something since what April twenty fifth, two thousand fifteen. I think I got the date right. Uh yeah, definitely April of t- uh, twenty fifteen was the last time. So it's been over three years, that, three and a half years. That was the Washington point. series, wasn't it? Uh yeah. So the last. That was the last game. One I was guess. April twenty fifth. Yeah, that makes sense. Eh? so I can't. I, and, I can't. Like, uh, what? What else can I expect? Like, what? Are, what is the? It's going to be crammed, as far as I understand. Like the, uh, the atrium, not the atrium. What's what do you call with a ring around it while all the food is? Oh, the concourse. The concourse. Thank you. Uh, it's it's yeah, really narrow. It is. It is. that. That's tough. That's definitely going to be tough. You mentioned uh, asbestos. For- Do I need to like have a gas, like a, a mask? No, you don't need. You okay. don't need a mask. Yeah. Mask. That was a little bit of an exaggeration. You're sitting in two twenty nine, right? I believe so. Yeah, that's where Blue and Orange Army sits. So, oh, cool. They're going to be really into it. Uh, it was known as Loudville before at Nassau Coliseum. Even better. In- it was section 329. Now there is no 300 section. So I'm pretty sure all those same people who used to sit in 329 are going to be sitting in 229, I would assume. Ah, uh, that's and even better. Yeah, they'll have the drum going probably and all their fans and the chants and stuff like that. So you're going to be right in the thick of the crazy diehard fans. So that's going to be perfect yes. for you. Ah, amazing. With singing and drums? It's going to sound like a soccer game. Can't wait. It, yeah. Kind of, they have, and they some of their chants I think derive from both soccer and wrestling, which is right up your alley. So awesome! Oh man, it gets better and better every time I hear about this thing. How, when was the last time you were this excited for a regular season game? I think the first time I made the trip down for a game, because I I never made the trip down for games. Every time I went to New York, it was always you got to stay in Manhattan, we got to see the Guggenheim, we got to go see that, we got to go to this thing. It was never, let's go to see the Islanders. I've been going to New York for 10 years, almost annually with friends and family. And it's just, it's never anything that I want to do. You got to mix all these agendas. So the first time was pretty special because I got to do my own trip and do what I want to do, which really only was the only the New York Islanders. Um, but this means more because it's, Again, the Nassau Coliseum, that means a lot. That carries a lot of weight. It's the weight of history, the weight of 
like my dad getting me into the team. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I, I, I might have to go my, my first ever game. Really? Eh? Like that, 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 that's how hyped you are. Yeah. Well, obviously playoffs, I'm, oh, I'm more yeah, excited, sure. but for a regular season game, like I can't really think of one. That's fair. Where I was this excited for. That's true. Um, yeah, no, I've, I'm just, I'm speechless because I can't, I'm not as, I'm not peak excitement right now. Like, if you were to poll me on, like, my level of excitement from 0 to 10, I'm at about a 6. I'm excited, but I'm not as excited as I'm going to be come Saturday morning. That's a full-on 10.5. Yeah, you're going to be waking up, walking to Starbucks first, and then hopping over to the Kyle's. That's him. right, there's a Starbucks across the street. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so you're set. I love vacation times when I can get Starbucks. Perfect. They they planned that out. They said, you know what? We need a Starbucks for Mitch Anderson That's when true. he comes down. <laughs> One time every year. Oh, boy. So anything else on the Coliseum before we move on and get into some more hockey stuff? I'm just really excited. I'm excited to meet everyone. I'm excited to hang out with Yes Men Outfitters. I'm excited to hang out with Oyster Bay. Like like I said on, on this podcast multiple times, we all know that I have a beer during the show, uh, which I'm drinking a Sleeman's Railside Session Ale. It's my go-to default beer. Um I've never had a barn rocker. Last time I was there, I, re- I tried to go to every every single um, shop that I could in Brooklyn to try to find a barn rocker, and no one had them. I was really disappointed. I was hoping to bring a six-pack back home, and I couldn't. The fact that we're going to be there with them, oh, th- th- that made my weekend. That made my weekend. I haven't even started yet. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, the Islanders play tomorrow, so we'll do a post-game show tomorrow night, and that's going to be on the eve of Mitch making the drive down, so I'm sure it's going to be even more excited tomorrow, mm-hmm. probably at like a seven and a half, eight, maybe. Yeah, probably. A little bit lower because of the drive. I hate driving. I hate driving. Really. Okay. So, so a little anxious about the drive, a little uneasy about the drive, but then after that, we are in there. Yeah. It's going to be Mitch comes to Long Island. Make it a hashtag. <laughs> hashtag Mitch comes to Long Island. <laughs> Let's go. Awesome. Okay. Next. All right, let's get into some hockey conversation now. And I want to switch things up and talk about the second line as a whole. Okay. It's rare that you see all three guys on a line as pending UFAs. (laughs) It's true. That's so bad. Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Jordan Eberle, which is the second line right now because you have the three Bs up top. The triple Bs. Big baller brand. All (laughs) <laughs> Big ballers. <laughs> All do a new contract at the end of the year, Mitch. Wh- what do we do? Wh- who do we keep? How do you decide who you should keep? What do you think? Well, obviously you keep Anders Lee. Anders, Anders, um, right? I'm just doing that for the brand now. Um, yes. You have to. You made him captain. You're not going to say, like, let's give you the C and uh, come January or July, go like, you know what? Just go ahead. You can walk. What? No, you wouldn't do that. No, that seems like not only like yeah, that doesn't make sense, but that's like Lula anti Lula Murillo. I feel like he would never do that. No, like he's not going to make a dumb decision like that uh, unless Andersley Andersley asks for way too much, right? Where we get into negotiations come April and he's like, "I want eight million a year," and they go like, eh, "That's a bit much." That's cool your jet, Anders Anders. Like, relax. Uh, eight million is way too much. William Nylander is having a hard time getting eight million. We're not going to touch you with eight. Seven, seven, sure. And that's even if he puts up like his 27 goals that he's probably going to do this year. I'd still give him seven. 
Yeah, I agree. Seven seems like a fair number for him. Maybe something like Sorry. five by seven. Yeah, I should say no higher than seven. Because obviously I, I would love to take less, but I, I feel like the six to seven range is I, I feel like where he's going to sit at. Yeah, probably. I could see. Like, what did uh, JVR get? Was it five by seven? He got 35 million, did yeah. he? I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to search it up here. Um, Van Rimes dick with a Y. <laughs> Good spelling. Yeah. He AV is seven million. Okay, so there you go. I think that's about what you're going to be looking at contract wise for Anders. Yeah, Lee. I completely agree. Five years, thirty five million dollars is what he got. That makes total sense. Yeah. So look at something about the same. Maybe they have to go a sixth year for him because he's a little. I think he's a year younger than JVR. I believe so. Bro, Anders Lee is twenty eight. JVR is currently twenty nine. Yeah, so there you go. So, uh, maybe it's six, six by seven, and I would be okay with that. I think as long as they keep the AV at seven million. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Long term captain, you lock it in, kind of thing. I, I really, I think that's perfect. You're setting your identity for years to come, right? Yeah, and that takes him to what thirty four. I think he could still be a yeah. Workable player at 34 years old. It's not like he signed to age 38, aka Johnny Boyd. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, God. Uh, yeah. And obviously, in the later years, he's probably not going to be worth that exact money, but that's what happens in the NHL. That's what happens. That's starting to change with you're seeing RFAs asking for more money, i.e., William Nylander. Um, but for now, the, you know, the old guard, like the guys like Lee and, and, and Nelson and, and, and even Bailey, they didn't have those deals. They weren't worked out that way. They had those bridge deals, and so, like Lee's on for three seven five right now. That's his cap hit, forty goal score, making less than four million dollars. Yeah, I mean, sorry, please don't even get me started on like 2015, 2016, 2017 cap numbers that the Islanders were working with and did nothing with. Yeah, because I could talk about that for weeks. So we're here to talk about the three the three second liners. So we we both agree to keep Anders Anders Lee. Yes. Let's get to the less contentious one. So we'll we'll work backwards through contention. Like we both don't we both agree with uh with Anders Anders. We may mm-hmm. not necessarily agree with Jordan Eberle, although we might. There's more of a debate with Jordan Eberle. What do we do with him? I for me, I think you trade him. Uh, yeah. I think that's a logical choice because one, I don't want to have him walk for nothing because I mean we bring it up almost every single week, but you saw what Rick Nash got at the trade deadline. Yeah. The Rangers absolutely fleeced the Boston Bruins. So, and if you can get a similar return for that on Jordan Everly, who's a better player than Rick Nash, you're setting up yourself very nice for the, the years to come. The only problem I have is we have no one on the right side. We have Josh, uh, Josh Hosang and Oliver Wallstrom. I'll be convinced Oliver Wallstrom will make the roster next year. I'm not. It's not that I, I don't think he's any good. I don't want people to think like, ah, oh, Mitch doesn't think that Oliver Wallstrom's any good. I think he's going to be fantastic. I just think looking at who's sitting upstairs, and I don't think Lou Lamorello is going to be like, yeah, this guy goes into the NHL this year. Look at what Kiefer Bellows did in the preseason. Look at all the hype following Kiefer Bellows, and he's still in the AHL. Yeah, but wouldn't for Wallstrom it would either be... Uh... Uh, NHL or bust 
right? Because he's too young to play in the AHL next year. He'd be 19. Yeah, but I think he could because he's not. So uh, 19-year-olds could still play uh, in the AHL, as far as I know, technically speaking. Uh, maybe someone could correct me later on on this. Is The under-19 rule is, um, or under-20 rule, is with the CHL. So you, okay. CHL players can't go play in the AHL until they turn 20. That's an agreement that they have with the NHL. Um, they have to go back to the to the junior league. Um, but because Wallstrom isn't a junior player, isn't in a major junior league, because the NCAA isn't considered major junior, I think because it's just they're amateurs, right? They're not yeah. professionals. They're amateur athletes. Uh, they're student athletes, quote unquote. Um, so because of that technicality, as far as I can tell, he could still technically go. But then he can't go back to Boston College. Though. No, no, definitely not. So then what does he do? Find a CHL team? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe like, well, so uh, it's the K Breton Screaming Eagles, I think it is, in the QMJHL that hold his CHL rights. And he doesn't okay. want to go there. Last I checked. Uh, which is fair. Which is, which is fair. Like he put up a ton of points in the QMJHL. It would be insane. Yeah, he would, but I... I understand you me, don't want to go to Cape Breton. And I get it. No offense to Cape Breton, but like, there's a reason people don't necessarily want to move there. I'm from Ottawa. People don't want to move here either. I get it. It's a government <laughs> town. No one wants to come here. I don't want to be here. <laughs> oh, no. Poor Mitch. Um, I just don't think it's smart to lock up both Jordan Eberle and Anders Lee. And since you made Lee the captain, obviously you have to sign him long term. It's a cap league. You can't pay everybody, and you eventually have to start getting some value out of guys on their entry level deals. Yeah, the only issue I see with Jordan with keeping Jordan Eberle is what's his cap hit going to be? Like he's making six million now, and he's uh, he put up fifty nine points last year. I forget what he's on pace for right now. He's got eleven and twenty three, so that's less than half a point per game, right? Eleven divided by twenty three times eighty two. I love how we're doing math live on air. Thirty nine points is on pace for. That's obviously going to go up come April, uh, where he probably ends up around 50 points. But are you going to pay $7 million, maybe more, excuse me, for a 50-point player? I can see your gross face. I see it. No. Yeah, I'm I'm not in. I don't want to give him really any more than what he's making now. I think six is fair, but I don't think I'd go any higher than that. And he's not going to take that. So I think you have to trade him. I think you have to. Yeah, and at that point, hopefully either Hosang or... I would be okay with bringing up Bellows and putting Ladd on the right side. Who gives a rat's rump about Andrew Ladd? Well, no one, I guess. I don't know where you're trying so to go So put with him that. on the right side. Because everyone's like, oh, you, God forbid you move someone to their off wing. But put Andrew Ladd on the right side on the third line. Ba- Who cares? Bailey's playing on his, on his off wing. Right. So then you call up Kiefer, Kiefer Bellows, and if it, it's forbidden for him to play on the right side, you have him play on the left and then move Ladd over to the right side to even it out. Something like that. It's just that now Andrew Ladd's in your top six. But not necessarily. Aren't we talking about the second line here? Yeah, but he doesn't have to be on the second line. He could be on the third line. Okay, you're just having him as a as a right wing option. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You take a right a right wing, you gotta add one. Yeah. Necessarily. Okay, I thought you were saying put him in the Jordan Eberle slot and I was like, Poof. No, 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 no. Oof. I got I got a I got someone I want to put in that slot though. I wrote it just just before we started recording. I got I want Mark Stone. I want Mark Stone so bad. Really? Yeah. Hard. 
He's a great okay. puck possession player. 53.5% Corsi 4. Uh, get this. He has a 15.5 relative Corsi 4. So that means he's a plus 15 when he's on the ice. Or, yeah, his differential from their their Corsi when he's on the ice versus when he's not on the ice is plus 15. Uh, they are terrible, the Ottawa Senators, at keeping the puck when he's not on the ice, which is evidenced by the fact he's, again, 53.5 Corsi 4 and the team's a 43.28. So then I guess you're really giving up on Joshua Sang then, huh? I just don't... I, I'm not giving up personally on Joshua Sang. I just don't think that the team is going to do anything. And I think that they probably trade him in that trade to get Mark Stone because I don't think they trust themselves to get to free agency with Mark Stone. Because a- okay. everyone's going to be in on Mark Stone come free agency. So it'd be like, hey, we're going to trade for you and then extend you? Yeah. And give him like, he's making 7325, I think, right now, something like that. Uh, they're going to. 7.35, yeah, yeah. They're going to give him 8 to 10. Is he worth that? He's over a point per game this year and last year. Again, he controls yeah, he the puck that. well. He's second in takeaways in the league now. He's 13th in the league in takeaways over the last year and this year. Um, he also has, so Andrew Berkshire, who does a lot of stats work, um, said that his uh, puck battle success rate in the neutral zone is that, I believe he said 67%, where league average is 37%. My one concern is time missed. He played 58 games last year and 71 the year before that. You're getting a point per game player for 71 games. Who can control the puck? Who's a big body? He's six four two nineteen. He's giving you everything that this system needs. He's tough to play against. He controls the puck, which is something the Islanders don't do right now. And he puts up points from the right. Again, the Islanders don't have a lot of depth on the right. We're talking about Joshua saying probably our, our top line right winger. That'd be nice. Would it? I'm he's I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's fine as the top six, but like. Are we at all confident this, that this guy is a top-line right-winger? I would think second-line. Yeah, exactly. Then, but, like, but I think Oliver Wallstrom is a top-line right-winger. Probably, yes. Probably. And I'd be willing to put him with Matthew Barzell next year. Yeah. Yeah, so would I. So would I. But, like, is Lou going to do that? I just think that Mark Stone is the perfect player for a Lou Berry system with all of his attributes, with it, including his size, uh, and he's going to be like that that franchise type player to put around Matthew Barzell, and they got a ton of cap space to make it work and still pay Barzell later. Okay, I'm you intrigued me, but I'm still leaning more towards my side. What's your side? That play Hosang oh, right. and okay. uh, Wallstrom. Sure. <laughs> How are they going to meet the cap floor? Uh, you sign defenseman and or goalie. Okay. All right. So we're, we're getting a little off topic because we're talking about putting right wingers in Jordan Eberle's spot. So that means we have one left. We agree with Anders Anders Lee and keeping him and signing him to like between to, to 7 million AAV like uh, JVR. We agree to trade Jordan Eberle. What do we do with Brock Delson? Say thank you for your service. It's been real. It's been fun. Some would even say it's been real fun. <laughs> I'm I'm torn with Brock Nelson. I understand the idea of sample size. I understand your argument going like, 
we have a large enough sample size to know what this guy is and what this guy is isn't what we're getting this year. Like, this isn't normal Brock Nelson. No, it's not normal Brock Nelson. Uh, it's just, I don't, <laughs> outlier might be tough, but I'm not willing to say, okay, now I'm going to give you a long-term deal and pay you to be my second line center. No, you said your plan. Now I'm going to say my plan. All right, Mitch. Yep. Okay. Jeez. Matt's taking over. Where's this, where's this cap space going to? Yep. His name has come up for the last three years. That's your hint. Matt Duchesne. Oh my God. For second line center. He has 31 points. Your boy Mark Stone has 28. That's three more than Mark Stone. He is a perfect second line center. And if you want to talk about possession numbers, his isn't good this year, so I'm not going to bring that up. <laughs> his face-offs are good, though. His face-offs are always good. It's uh, 55 and a half. He has only been under 50% in his rookie year. Okay. Can, there you go. can I that's, say that's why I don't want Matt Duchesne? No, because that's stupid, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, I think he's a cancer in the room. Oh, I think he's toxic. Okay, well. look, look, look at Colorado now without him. Right? Pretty darn good. And look at the Ottawa Senators. The whole video thing, he's got no leadership qualities. I don't trust him for any any intangibles. Off the ice stuff, I don't trust him. The quote-unquote oh. Uber gate, he seemed like the, the main instigator in the entire thing. And I know, like, oh, everyone talks about their boss. Yeah, I know, but you don't want to see that from leadership. You don't want to see that from leadership. That should be the guys to be like, hey, yeah, like, oh, okay, and we razz about our boss. That's fine. But, like, or the guy who just sits there and doesn't say anything because he knows, because he's a professional. Because when he's going to talk about and shit talk his boss or back talk his boss, he's going to do it in the comfort of his own home where he knows he's safe and not in some random cab. Scored a pretty nice game-winning goal last night. Outstanding. He's a great player. I know. On the ice, he's great. I just worry what he does to team chemistry. Well, if anyone can rein him in, wouldn't it be Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo? Yeah, okay, fine. Sure, fine. And Anders Lee and Matt Martin. <laughs> Matt Martin they have and a Ross lot of Johnson high... just following him around everywhere. <laughs> well, the Islanders have a lot, a lot of high character guys. Yeah, I know. Is that going to be infectious enough for a... What seems to be, I'm going to say it, a low character guy. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen enough to the point where I can sit here and say, okay, he's not worth touching. I, I don't know. I, I get the the feeling that he's, and maybe it's not fair to say low character guy. Let's say medium character guy. Um, but I get the feeling that he's not great in the locker room. I don't know enough to comment on that. Okay, fair enough. Um, so do I keep Brock Nelson? He's on pace for 64 points. I'm mighty intrigued. I am mighty interested because I don't think we need to overpay him. I think we could give him a Josh Bailey type deal. Six for five? Maybe. Six for five, six or five and a half even. And then you're talking about just over a million dollar increase. That's huge per year. What if he goes back to Brock Nelson of old? Then you're stuck in that awful contract. That's true. I know. 
and you got Andrew Ladd 2.0. That's why I, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm not saying I'm ready to, to, to put the contract on the table today, but I am intrigued at what the possibilities may lie with a Brock Nelson who seems to be playing well. Like, not well, really well. He's skating. He's skating hard. He's getting into the areas. He's battling for pucks. We've never seen that from Brock Nelson after October 31st. No. But I want to see it in December. I want to see it in January and February, too. Sure, fair enough. It's just that we're recording the podcast today in November, so I'm just... And then when the trade deadline comes in February or March, whenever it actually is, that's it. Hey, like, if he if they trade them, both Eberle and Brock Nelson, that's $10.25 million off the cap. What are they going to do with that money? Matthew Shane and a defenseman and potentially a goalie. Okay. All right. Fine. I. Okay. All right. Uh, is who's better, Matthew Shane or Brock Nelson? Matthew Shane. Okay. And, and so I assume I am assuming that your your quote unquote better is in terms of production. Because if I tell you like, well, in the locker room he's a cancer, you're gonna go. I don't care about that. Just tell me about his production. I think that stuff can get a little overrated. Now, I'm not saying, like, you have to have, like, a million good character guys or a million bad character guys. But I think it's okay to bring in someone because they are good and maybe their character is questionable. Is that a fair word? Questionable? Sure. Yes. Okay. I am too intrigued by his skill set and for what the Islanders need to pass up on him. Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. I, I, I'll I grant you that character might be... Uh, what's the word I want to use? Like overweight? Like, weight, like giving it too much weight in a decision-making process when it comes to contracts because Andrew Ladd was a high-character player. And, uh, well, that's not going so well. It's not that he no, doesn't have character. It's that, sure enough, he might have the character and the leadership qualities that they need, but the product on the ice is not very good and it's not justifying the one to the other. No, but like I think all the Andrew Ladd and Justin Williams of the world, and like yeah, they're they're good, and you need guys like that, or Jason Chimera, even from that same year they brought in yeah. for that same role. And it comes to a point where it's like almost enough with that. Like, let's bring in some talent. Yeah, I, I that's why I'm saying I'm bringing up the Andrew Ladd thing. Just I, I understand that um, character is overrated. That's the word I wanted. Character can be overrated, and it was the case with Andrew Ladd. And maybe a negative character, I'm overrating it too much. Maybe I'm giving it too much weight in my decision-making process when it comes to Matt Duchesne. There we go. Talking to myself into your corner. Thank you. That's what I love to do with you, Mitch. (laughs) All right, thanks. Want to get into some Michael Del Cole now? Yeah, please, because WTF. Michael Del Cole got called up. When Andrew Ladd, speak of the devil, went down with an injury. Yep. He played two games. In those two games, he averaged eight minutes and 48 seconds of ice time and then got sent back down. What did we learn? And I asked that facetiously because the answer is absolutely nothing. You learn nothing about Michael Delcol. Yeah, like, I only remember him, I think it was in the second game. He played against... Uh, who is it? He played in the two wins, didn't he? He played between the two, the the Rangers loss. No, he played in both losses, Dallas and Rangers. Did he really? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Wow, okay. So I forget. I think it was the Rangers game that I remember him in more more than the Dallas game. Um, the Rangers game, he was there. He got some time on the power play even. And he just... He was, they just didn't want to pass the puck to him whatsoever. Like it was very clear. I, I really wish I, I had gone back and gifted, and I'm and I might go back and do it. Um, it's just Michael Dalcole's stick was on the ice, and he was fall. I've said this on the podcast before. He was following the puck around. He was he was the guy in the middle, not in front of the net, but in the slot, essentially between the the, the four passers or the three passers on the perimeter of the Isles power play, and he's just kind of like skating up to them, going. My stick is on the ice. He's and, I, and I'm doing this on camera, just like staring them, staring into their soul to be like, pass me the damn puck. And he's got his stick on the ice in the most awkward looking position possible. Almost like way too obvious. Just look, I have my stick on the ice. I am ready to receive this pass. And they didn't do it. That's what I learned is that I don't think that they had any faith in the kid. Even the players on the ice. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. And I know he didn't get a ton of time, but and I'm not his biggest fan either. But that this is not a good sign for him. I feel like. Well, it wasn't even necessarily fair for him. Like giving him the benefit of the doubt. Like they called him up and they didn't put him in a top six position. Um, I feel like Barry Trotz wanted to give Bo one last shot, kind of like what he's doing with the power play today, where the power play lines remain intact today. We're recording this on November 28th, the Wednesday before the, their next game here on Thursday night. Against, I forget the opposition. Boston. Boston. Oh, God. Um, he didn't want to change anything because he wants to give him one last shot. I feel like Barry Trotz going into that New York Rangers game wanted to give Bo one last shot. And Bo responded with a four-point night. Yeah. And so that kept Michael Dalcole out of a top six position, which meant that he had to put him in a bottom six in the top in the in the fourth line which isn't where he's going to shine. It isn't where his skill set is going to be best used. He's not a fa- he's not no. a particularly fast skater, but he's a big body. But like he's not going to be great on the forecheck and he's not going to be great at, at digging out pucks necessarily. Well, he's going to be okay digging out pucks. But he he's he should be fed pucks so he can get them on net. And he never got that opportunity because he's playing with what Steven Gianta and Cal Clutterbuck? Come on. Yeah, that's not ideal for him. Even if it was with Casey Zizekas, I think I'd feel a little bit more confident than Steven Gianta, but not by much. In his six career NHL games, he has two shots on goal. It's again, I feel bad because that is that looks awful. Um, but like the kid isn't getting the breaks that he needs. He's not getting them. Like he deserves no. the call up, but then they they diverted to Bo and, and Bo produced, so good for them. Like look, if you're gonna prop up Bo or or and keep Michael Dalcole down, okay, whatever, sorry. Or are you going to try to keep prop up Michael Dalcole and hope something comes out and keep Bo down and not get anything out of him? Which one would you rather do? Right, and I'd rather do what what you just said, keep Beauvillier up. Yeah. To me, I think it was worse for him last year because he averaged over 13 minutes of ice time, where this time he didn't really get the opportunity. But at the, at the same token, just to play devil's advocate, and I agree, I don't think it's necessarily fair, but to me, that shows that the coach doesn't trust him. Yeah. And that's also, you don't want to see that either. And, and maybe it's maybe it's not that he doesn't trust him, and maybe he doesn't. Uh, I, I really think it's an idea of Bo played so well and earned his spot or, or, or regained his spot in the top six that Barry was kind of like, well, now I'm stuck. Let's try you. And after two games, like, I can't have you in the bottom six. I can't. 
because you're not a bottom six player. You should be a top six player, and I shouldn't be playing you eight minutes a night. Look, the one game that he set up before he was sent back down, Ross Johnson played three minutes a night, or three minutes that night. It was worth more to Barry Trotz to have, to have Ross Johnson on the roster to play three minutes than it was to play Michael Del Cole. That's, yeah. But again, that makes it sound terrible as in like he trusts Ross Johnson for three minutes but wouldn't trust Michael Del Cole for three minutes. Yes and no. Yes, he wouldn't trust him to play three Ross Johnson minutes. But he'd probably trust him to play three to five to ten minutes of Michael Del Cole minutes on a top ten. Or uh, sorry, on a top six. But that that position was never available, was never made available for him. So, like, that's why I think it it was just bad timing. It was just bad. He deserved the call-up, but it was bad timing. And they realized that, and they're like, you know, we have to send you back down because you need more than eight minutes a night, max. Yeah, and I think it was the right move to eventually send him down. But if another forward gets hurt, am I confident that he's going to be the one that's called up? I'm not necessarily sure. Um, No, I think they're going to probably look at someone else yeah I definitely think so too Just the, the, maybe even Bellows like Bellows is doing well right now I would love love that I think they, they just played today and there is a goal scored by I, I think it was Del Cole scored assisted by Bellows no it was Bellows scored Del Cole first assist Hosang secondary assist yes that's exactly what it was and that's the thing that I love to see yeah so I just I feel bad for him. I also think like what does that do for his trade value? So we saw the Dylan Strom trade, who's a third overall pick from three years ago, who's a point per game player at the AHL. He played fifty one or fifty games last year for the Arizona Roadrunners and scored fifty three points. He's like a billion point player at the OHL level. Again, he played with Connor McDavid, so that kind of helps. Um, he's got eighteen points, if I'm not mistaken, eighteen or sixteen points. In the NHL, whereas Del Cole has 18. nothing. And he was a supplementary player in a trade for Nick Schmaltz. What does that mean for Del That's Cole? That's kind of gross. He's, it means exactly that. He's going to be a throw-in in a trade, probably. And, and, and again, Nick Schmaltz last year put up 51 points and is on pace for 40 points now. So you're thinking he's a throw-in on a 40-point player. Less, he's less yeah. than that. Sorry, he's less than that. And I know a lot of Chicago fans were really not happy with Schmoltz and they wanted him gone, right? Because apparently his effort isn't there on a night to night basis. I feel like the vibe I was getting was like he was there, Brock Nelson. Okay, right. Like put up like 40 to 50 points, but effort not there every night kind of thing. So, yeah, so Dylan Strom, who's arguably a better player than Michael Dal Cole went as a supplementary player in a trade for a Brock Nelson type player. Brock Nelson from last year oh type player. Dude, these Erie Otter numbers are insane. I just looked that up on Dylan Strong's It's page. ridiculous. 129 and 111 points in 14-15 and 15-16. And now he's playing with Alex Debrinkat, who he played with it through the Erie Otters, who also put up ridiculous numbers, even after both Connor McDavid and Dylan Strom were gone. So look up Alex Debrinkat's numbers in the, with the Erie Otters. And his last year there, I think he put up like 126 points or something like that. It's ridiculous. And both of those guys were gone. I think they still had some quality players, but... Jesus, 127. <laughs> That's insane. That's pretty good by me. Man, my memory is usually poor. And I remember that yeah, almost point to off. the point. Mm. Proud of you. And he was a, the Brinkat was a second rounder? Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good value out of Chicago. <laughs> good for them. 
Almost like Bodie Wilde falling to the Islanders in the second round. Exactly. Um, all right. Anything else on Michael Del Cole and his tenure with the Islanders? No, I, I say tenure question. Yeah, I, th- I just think that it's probably over soon. Like he's in the last year of his ELC. I don't know what they do for them. They they can probably get him on a seven hundred thousand dollar deal like Devin Taves, and then pray to God he works out. And if not, they could just trade him. He's RFA, so they control his future. Yeah, they do. Same with Josh saying His ELC is about to run out after this year, too. That's true. All right, Mitch, let's get into Valtteri Philpilip because he makes zero sense to me, Mitch. <laughs> his Corsi numbers are absolutely atrocious. His shooting percentage is insane. I think it's like 32% or something like that. Really? It's something stupid high. <laughs> I'll pull it up right now, but it, it's like double his career high. Yeah, it is... Still, sample size is there, right? Yeah, 33.3%. show <laughs> he's shooting at 33. A third of the shots he takes go in. And I think his career high is 16. Like, wow. He's doubling his shooting percentage. Again, sample size, he's only played, what, 23 games? Right. Um, but my God, he's doing everything right. He is exactly what they wanted out of him, and we didn't see it happening. I know I didn't. I'll speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure you were the same boat where no. we did not see this happening. I'll say this I liked him the best out of all the forwards they signed. I thought he could be an okay, an okay third liner. That's wow. Did you study politics? That is one hell of a spin. I liked him the best out of all the poop players. He was the best poop. He really was. Well, I'll tell you what. I thought that I did not like the Komarov contract. I thought the no-move clause on Phil Pula's deal was really dumb. But I thought maybe that, I think I said this in my preseason predictions, that he could get somewhere around like 35 points and be a good face-off guy. He's on pace for like 60 points, is he not? 56 I didn't do yeah. it after the other night. It's obviously gone up a little bit, probably 57 now. He's got 16 and 23. All right, so 16 divided by 23, assuming he plays a full season, which is entirely possible. He played 81 games last year, um, times 82. He's done pace for 57 points. 57 yeah, points. His, his high, his career high is 66 back in 11-12. And he could very well get something close to that. Yeah, he has turned back the clock to 2011, 12, 13, 14, like that era of Val yeah. He's looking a lot like that. Do you re-sign him based off of what you know now? Do you re-sign him for like one more year, like a Dennis, Dennis Seidenberg type deal? As in like you give him a small increase, but you keep him for just one year. Like one year, three million? Well, he's is he making two two and change this year? Yeah, 275. Yeah, yeah. so exactly like, uh, like Seidenberg with 250. Yeah, I think I would. I I don't know. I'm worried that the floor just falls right out under him when he turns 35. I don't know why. It's just I feel like this I don't is... give him a I don't give him a no move again. Oh though. God, no, Jesus, please no move. So then me. I would I dump ship like Chamara last year. Like Chamara was awful last year, and they they moved. Him. Okay, yeah. I I think maybe at three mil I would try it and see, but like I'm just worried that. Again, he's a 35-year-old player that it just escapes and it just goes away. Well, unless you want to move, that's why up, I would be I'd be uh, hesitant. 
unless you want to move up like Sezikis to the third line, and then you got to find a fourth line center. I've said it for a long time that I like Casey Sezikis as a third line center. I really do. So then, if you did that as an alternative, okay. Or if you sign, because then if you sign someone else, like I don't necessarily want to be paying someone like four plus million dollars to be a third line center necessarily. I'm, Depends on who it is. Yeah. Well, again, Casey Zekas could get you thirty points in a year. He can kill penalties at the top end of the league. Why? What else do you need from a third line center? You're right. You're right. Maybe more points, I guess. But like, maybe he could. You get him with some pretty good line mates, and he could probably get you more. About oh, my dream line, not really dream line, but one of my line combinations that I would like. Bovillier, Sezikis, Hosang, third line. Mm. I don't know. I don't. I don't like. I don't like Sezikis next to skilled players like that. So then, what would be good the line mates then for him? Lad and Komarov. I put Valtteri Filippo on his line. Put Kunakel on his line. That'd be all right. And you think he's going to produce those two? Yeah. Okay, Mitch. Okay, like he's producing with Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck, all right? So, I don't know. He could probably produce with just about anyone. Okay, but you said you said <laughs> never mind. What did I? What oh, did I say? Goodness. You were like, let's see if you put him with like skilled uh, or good. Sorry. Lineups. Okay. Yeah. But okay. Fine. If you put him with equally bad linemates, he's gonna... I just maybe what I don't like about Joshua Zing and Anthony Bavelli is I find that. They are reliant on others, and Casey Zekas is also reliant on others, whereas Casey Zekas isn't going to finish. He's going to set it up, and he's going to do do the work to set it up, just like those other two guys. All right, what if you swap out Bovillier and do Bellows? Okay, yeah, yeah, you're getting there. I like it, but... We're working. Yeah, we're working on it. But like, ideally, you don't want Bellows or the other guys on a third line. I think it's really what I'm getting at. But either way, but me. Regardless, the main point here is Valtteri Filippo is playing out of his mind. Yes, it doesn't make any sense realistically. He shouldn't be putting up 16 points in 23 games. He's on pace to crush his goal total from last year. He had 11. And he's has seven so far in twenty three games, so he's on pace for what, like twenty four goals, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Um, he hasn't scored over twenty since twenty thirteen fourteen, so it's been a while for him. I'm gonna steal a word from from the youth and be like, "This is redonkulous." Do kids still say That's that? What all the kids. Yep. Yes. All the time on the playground. <laughs> okay. All the time. <laughs> um, I just, I didn't see it happening. I'm glad it is. Um, but I'm worried on how long it lasts. Again, Dennis Seidenberg, if we all remember, came out of the gates flying in his first year with the Islanders, and then it went... That's true. But I don't think it even lasted this long. I don't think it lasted a 20-game sample size with Dennis Seidenberg, right? Wasn't it like more like 10 to 12? I think it did, but I, I, I'm sure that Valtteri Filippo won't be like Seidenberg. As in, he'll last at least a year. He'll do well the entire 18-19 season. And then we'll have to revisit things next year. Okay. I I get not wanting to double down on him. I really yeah. do. To me, that makes sense. Um, yeah, Seidenberg, I think, really ended up slowing down after. Mm-hmm. I'll give you 17 games. Okay. And then well, he didn't really sorry. do anything after that. Yeah. 
Yikes. Um, anything else on Valfield Blood before we move on to some social stuff? No, that's all I got. Okay. So for the social segment today, I wanted to talk about Barry Trotz okay. and his comments in that Washington Capitals video. All right. I can't say what he said word no. for word. No. But he essentially said to his old team that you have to go through Long Island to win the Stanley Cup again. Yarp. I like it, but I don't at the same time. How could you not? What's where's what? How? Explain because what? the self awareness isn't there. Like the confidence is Stanley though. Yeah, but like you have to go through Long Island. Like they didn't even they haven't done anything in years. Like, what do you mean you have to go through Long Island Who to cares? get to the Stanley it, Cup? It, it, yeah, okay. What he said is incredibly hyperbolic. Whereas we've never won anything. Well, no, sorry, we haven't won anything since 1983. Uh, but, but obviously that is the mindset. That is clearly the mindset you're going to have to go through us. And it's again, it's incredibly hyperbolic, and it's based off of just him posturing in front of his team, his old team. I don't care. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear that the ultimate prize is Stanley Cup. I don't want to just hear like, oh, you guys could do it again. I want to hear that we are going to be the impediment to their success. I over, I like 80, 20 towards like, I, I like it. I lean towards more liking it, but I, a part of me is like captain literal man is out. And I'm like, eh, what know. are you captain buzzkill today? Um, well, I don't like how literally this translates into the expectations being set too high in this first very season of the Barry Trotz regime. In so much as like, I do not like that. What? No, this is amazing. 125% amazing. 0% negative 25% po- negative. That's right. a double negative, so it's a positive. Math. That's exactly how math works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know. The thing for me is... Like, this team hasn't done anything yet. That's the point. I like, it's, it's the I hate. Maybe it's just me because I hate culture change. Like, I just hate that. Oh, we got to change the culture. To me, winning changes culture. So prove it to me. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But like, how do you start changing the culture without? So th- winning. Yeah, I know you have to win, but they're doing that. So get off your horse. <laughs> They, what are they? They're Sorry. on pace to miss the playoffs by two points. Sorry, what, what they missed it by seventeen last year. So technically, they're winning more than they were last year. So chill out. Okay, so the, the Stanley Cup's going to have to go through Long Island, but we're not even in the playoffs. So again, and we're not in the playoffs spot again, right now. You're, you're taking the captain literal way too much. Yes, it's hyperbolic. Yes, it's posturing. That is the stuff you want to hear. That is the confidence you want to hear. That is the posturing that you want from your team to be like, we are confident that we can be this good. And maybe not now. He didn't say that they're going to win the, the, the Stanley Cup this year. He's just saying he, they can repeat. And maybe he meant this year. Maybe he meant next year. Who cares what he meant? He just, what we should take out of it is that the coach has a clear focus and goal in mind and it is winning. And he's That's saying true. it whenever he can talk. So your culture of winning changes culture. Well, winning is being ingrained and beaten and enshrined within this culture. All right. Fair enough. Okay. What do you got for us? Uh, it's Jigs McDonald's birthday today. He's turned 80. Hey. Good old Happy birthday. Young age of 80 years old to Jigs McDonald's. Uh, thank you for, well, McDonald's. McDonald's. There's no S there. Uh, thank you for all those broadcasts. They're just, 
for someone who who's not from Long Island, and I know they're a TV broadcast, but I would sometimes hear them. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah, he was really fantastic. And when he would fill in for Howie Rose the last you know few years, or when they would go on different stretches that he wouldn't uh, go to, he did a phenomenal job. I know he was the announcer during the glory years too. Yeah. So shout out to him, and hope he's enjoying retirement. Yeah. Well, God, I know I would. Um, and I'm just enjoying everyone's countdown, or, or not, maybe not countdown, but like their their memories for NASA Coliseum. So I know one of our writers, Andrew Tesler, likes his favorite uh, NASA Coliseum memory is the Sean Bates penalty shot. And there's one here. There's a tweet here from Schwartz Sports who says, um, the Sean Bates penalty shot in 2002 playoffs. It may have been the loudest I have ever heard a crowd at a game of that. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. I've heard that being said a lot. And uh, listen, I hope that you get to see, uh, obviously it's not going to be that crazy, but I think it's going to be pretty intense for I, a regular season game. So I can't wait. Oh my God. I, I said it a million times already. I can't wait. Yeah. So again, we're going to plug it one more time. We are doing the tailgate before the game Saturday. Rain or shine, baby. We'll be out there. Although I think the forecast cleared up. I think it's just going to be cloudy on Saturday. Um. Uh, so definitely check it out. We are planning to be in lot three. That might change. We'll put it on Twitter and Facebook. So make sure you follow us there at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter and on Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. Um, anything else on the tailgate we want to mention before we get well, out it of here? It says rain on my app here, but we'll see. We'll see. That doesn't mean all day. It just means it's a chance of rain. Um, no, just it's going to be with Yes Man Outfitters and Oyster Bay Brewing. And I can't, I can't wait. You should all come. Again, like you said, Lot 3, probably. Uh, if we don't have anything on our Twitter immediately, then look at either Oyster Bay Brewing. Uh, let me get up their, their Twitter. Let me do that. I think that they all deserve it. So there's uh, Yes Men Outfitters. Oh, my God. Twitter, come on. At Yes Men Outfitter um, is their Twitter handle. And Oyster Bay, let me just make sure I got it right here. Come on, Twitter. Oyster Bay Brewin. So Oyster Bay and B-R-E-W-I-N. All the information will be on one of those three, if not all three, Twitter accounts. Yeah, and it's going to be a really fun time. So definitely if you're planning on going to the game, come out for that. Um, Wherever you are listening to this podcast, please make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps with our searchability, and it helps us out a lot, and we appreciate all of that. We went so far, we haven't even mentioned the Patreon, Mitch. Oh, yes. I should mention that. So after every single game, we do a post-game show. Do you crave New York Islanders content? Do you need to inject it in your veins? Well, we give you the solution. We are basically your Islanders drug dealer. We give you the goods (laughs) that you need. And after every game, we usually talk for about 15, 20 minutes or so and go over certain stuff from the games. We look at the box scores. We go over the goals, what went well, what didn't go well. So if you subscribe at patreon.com slash eyes on you can get all that for five bucks a month. It's a lot of podcasts and a ton of content, but we enjoy doing it. So make sure that if you haven't already, you do subscribe to that too. Uh, we did Facebook, we did Twitter, and of course you can download the app, the Eyes on Isles app for either Android or iPhone. And of course, visit the website eyesonisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch. I'll be seeing you in a couple of days, buddy. Oh, I'm really I excited. Wait, buddy. I can't wait. The drive is going to suck. I hate driving, but my God, I can't wait to get there. Seven and a half hour drive. Woo! 
You got this. Thanks. <laughs> That'll do it for us here tonight. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.